Continuing the conversation right here, ladies and gentlemen, from the break, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information that being in my own words, the podcast, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, Alabama quarterback Tua Tonga Vangoa met with the media on today inside the Malmore Athletic Facility. We will get to his comments and dissect what he had to say in the next segment here. But first and foremost, I got to say this right here. People, have you ever had a moment where you heard something, saw something, looked at something, but didn't really pay much attention to it? Like you saw it, it was right there. You kind of glanced at it, shrugged your shoulders, didn't think much of it, walked away, and it kind of just took somebody else to bring it back to your attention. That's how it was with me in terms of the college football playoff rankings that came out on Tuesday. Now, I glanced at it, briefly saw Alabama at number 12, didn't really think much of it. I'm just like, uh, you know, look at that. They put Bama at 12. I sat there, went to take a shower, and upon getting out of the shower, friend of mine calls me, and uh, I could tell he was upset because the bass in his voice kept getting louder and louder and louder. And he's going, Steven, I know you saw them rankings, bro. I know you saw them rankings, man. Ain't no way in the world. Alabama is 12. Ain't no way in the world, man. You mean to tell me seven teams are better than Alabama? Ain't no way, man. Ain't no way. Seven other teams are better than Alabama. <laughs> what makes it so crazy is people, people in life hate math. It doesn't matter if it's basic math, algebra, trigonometry, geometry, calculus, statistics, logarithms. People hate math. Like math is the devil to some people. But when it comes down to not getting what you want, oh man, math becomes that best friend you met on a camping trip. You'd be like, what's good, math? Like, like you and math become best of friends because you're trying to put together every case and point of why the situation should have went down the way you wanted to go down. Now, in terms of the college football playoff rankings, as I was able to kind of look and peruse and crunch some numbers and take some things in the inventory here, I look at this right here, and I agree with the fact that there is no way Alabama should have been 12. I could understand eight. I could understand nine and still having a shot there for a New Year's Six Bowl, but dropping it to 12, a little bit too much. Way, way too low there. And what's crazy is Alabama, from teams five to 12 in the college football rankings, playoff rankings, and I'm listing them right here, Utah was five, Oklahoma six, Baylor seven, Wisconsin eight, Florida nine, Penn State 10, Auburn 11, and Alabama 12 here. The Crimson Tide lost its games by the fourth fewest amount of points combined, which was eight. Fourth fewest amount of points combined. Bengal was first and lost its games by three points. Oklahoma was second and lost by six points. 
Utah was third, lost by seven points, and Alabama was fourth. Now, along with that, Alabama is one of three teams joining Penn State in Florida, in my opinion, as a team that does not have a bad loss on its schedule. If you look at Utah, Utah lost to an 8-4 USC team, 8-4 USC team, that the college football playoff committee slipped into the top 25 at number 22 overall. But that's a four-loss team. Then you look at Wisconsin, who lost to a 6-6 Illinois team on the road. Just got ball eligible. That's a bad loss right there. Then you look at Oklahoma, who lost to Kansas State on the road by the score of 48-41. Got beat by the Wildcats. And then you've got Baylor, of whom uh, Baylor doesn't have a bad loss, but Baylor has only played one ranked team all year, and that was Oklahoma, to which it lost 34-31, and it had the game prior to the ending there. So, there was just some teams there, you know, with some bad losses. And, of course, you have Auburn. That's a three-loss team, but we'll dive more into that in just a moment here. So, seven teams here ahead of Alabama. few of those teams I just named, Utah, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, all with bad losses. And then Baylor, a team that has not played well, has only played one ranked team all year to this point, that being Oklahoma, half the game, lost it by three. So that's that part. But the bigger part in all of this that I'm, I'm trying to get here is, and, and I'm not one to point fingers at the referees, the officials. I'm not one to believe in conspiracy theories. That's not my lane. But you can't help the fact, especially if you're an Alabama fan, you can't help the fact but to look at Alabama potentially right now is getting ready to possibly play in the Citrus Bowl. Now, the bowl has not been named yet for the Crimson Tide, but Alabama is about to get ready to play in a basic bowl game. Not playing for a Southeastern Conference championship. Not playing for the opportunity to get into the college football playoff or not being in the college football playoff, not playing for a shot at a national championship. No, playing in a very basic, simple bowl. Think about that for just a moment now. Let that marinate in. Let that rotate around there on the cerebellum there for a minute. And as you're letting that rotate around there, think about this. Nobody likes to really throw the officiating staff into question. I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but Alabama's season came down to two bad controversial calls. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Well, Steven, Bama's defense was horrible this year. And I understand that. Steven, Alabama had a bunch of uncalled for injuries. I understand that as well. Steven, Alabama was a very undisciplined team. This was the most penalties I've ever seen from a Nick Saban coach group, and I agree with you right there. But at the same time, even with all of those things factored in, you go you go back to 
too blown bad controversial calls that's a variable between Alabama playing for a shot in a national championship and Alabama where it is now playing in a very simple bowl game. For starters, let's go back to the LSU matchup for a minute here. LSU-Alabama. Game of the century part two. Of course, President Donald Trump was in the building. Score was 19-13, second quarter inside Brian Denny. There was about a one minute, 17 seconds to go in the first half. Joe Burrow and LSU, the offense has got the ball in Alabama territory. And they're looking for a touchdown here. Joe Burrow, on one particular play, is trying to target Thaddeus Moss at tight end, the son of NFL legendary receiver Randy Moss, along the left sideline. Thaddeus Moss is being defended by Trayvon Diggs here. Trayvon Diggs, there's about a good one to two feet of space between Moss and Diggs. And Diggs does not force Moss out of bounds, doesn't push him out of bounds. There is no contact from Diggs that would propel Moss's momentum to go out of bounds prior to him attempting to catch this football here. But as you clearly see, Moss's foot is out of bounds. His foot's out of bounds here. And by rule, by, by, by football rule here, by NCAA rules here, you cannot voluntarily step out of bounds and then be the first person to catch the football in bounds prior to reestablishing set position in bounds. If you were to do this, that is being looked upon as illegal touching, a flag is on the field, pass is supposed to be incomplete, basically. It's an incomplete pass. So while this play is being looked at, you clearly see Thaddeus Moss's foot out of bounds as the ball is in the air. The ball is still in the air, his foot out of bounds. As the ball enters his fingertips, that foot still out of bounds. Now he tries to make a subtle toe tap to put the foot back in bounds, trying to say that he's establishing position before going back out of bounds, but still he's out of bounds to begin with. And uh, there was a rules official, a rules analyst in the booth for CBS Sports being one Eugene, uh, otherwise known as Gene Sterator. Gene Sterator, who has officiated NCAA basketball games for 23 years, of a National Football League for 15 years, recently retired. He was in the booth, or he was, you know, talking with uh, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson, who were on the call for this game. And Sterator constantly said, well, there's no foul on the play. Diggs is not pushing Moss. There's no force. There's no friction to make Moss go out of bounds. He goes out of bounds voluntarily. I don't think this is going to be a catch. This shouldn't be a catch. This call should be overturned. And this is a veteran, former official, years in the game saying this. And at the same time, you've got Gary Danielson going, well, I think this is going to be overturned, Gene. I agree with you. I think this is going to be overturned. Call should have been overturned. And they looked at it from a number of different angles 
Call ended up not being overturned. It stays a completed catch, and LSU ends up scoring 14 points off that possession, and it goes into the half of 33-13, to 13, a 20-point advantage, versus if the call would have been made correctly, Alabama has a chance to hold LSU to a field goal, and at the worst, Bama goes into the half down 9, 22 to 13. In the second half, of course, Alabama outscores LSU 28 to 13. But here's the crazy part. If the call would have been made correctly, Bama ultimately wins the game 41 to 35. It wins by six versus losing the game 46 to 41 by five, a differential of one point due to a blown Bad controversial call. Bad call there. Cost that one. But more so nerve-wrecking than the LSU game, the Iron Bowl. This past Iron Bowl. And uh, the score in this game is 31-24 at Jordan-Hare, the place where weird things happen. You got about 10 to 15 seconds remaining in the first half. At this point... Auburn has no timeout, so they can't stop the clock, or they can't spike the football. Bo Nix is trying to get the team set up in field goal range for Anders Carlson. After making this little dump catch, dump catch in the flat off a pass, Jatavius Whitlow is tackled, and as his knee hits the ground, uh, the clock hits triple zero, the officials blow the whistle, it's halftime. Play is over, right? Halftime. Well, Gus Malzahn coerced the officials to put, you know, one more second back on the clock since they live and die by one second. And uh, it's supposed to have been a free clock. Like, if it's underneath three seconds, that's a free clock. That, that, that clock should go halftime, under three seconds. But they put one second back on the clock, allowing uh, Auburn to fully get the field goal team on the field not allowing Alabama to make the necessary substitutions. And uh, Carlson makes the 52-yard field goal. The score becomes 31-27. to Not the right call made on the field because if the referees have done this the correct way, free clock, let it run out, Auburn, no timeouts, can't stop the clock, can't spike the ball. You go into halftime, uh, 31 to 24. Of course, Auburn outscores Alabama in the second half, 21 to 14. But the beauty of this is the game has a shot to be deadlocked at 45 going into overtime. Instead of Auburn winning the game 48 to 45, the game would have been deadlocked at 45 potentially going into overtime. Just thinking about how in 2013, you saw what happened there. I don't think Nick Saban puts Joseph Belovis in that situation. Crimson Tide plays for overtime. Possibly could have scored a touchdown. You know, Mac Jones was hot, but that's besides the point. Point being, game would have been dead even at 45 instead of Auburn winning the game 48 to 45 and Joseph Belovis putting in that spot to make that field goal if the officiating staff would have made the correct call from the get-go and the field goal from Anders Carlson would have not even been attempted. 
So two blown calls have gone a long way. I'm not one for conspiracy theories now, but two blown calls have gone a long way in determining Alabama for a national championship, Alabama for potential SEC title versus Alabama playing in a basic bowl game, which is what it's about to face. No way in the world Alabama should be at number 12. These teams ahead of Alabama would not want to play Alabama on a neutral field. Let's just be honest. Would not want to battle the Crimson Tide on a neutral field whatsoever. Two horrific calls. And Steve Shaw and this officiating staff definitely got their phones blown up. Two bad calls went a long way in Alabama not being in the college football playoff and playing for a basic bowl game. But fans definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. Do you feel like two bad, controversial, blown calls prohibited the Crimson Tide from getting to its ultimate goal here? We're going to go to our next break here on In My Own Words, the podcast, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Don't touch that down, folks. When we do return, we will have Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, touching on the recruitment for the 2020 and 2021 classes where Bama is concerned. Return, In My Own Words. 